South Croydon might be able to have the last laugh here inside the last 10 seconds. They probably won't score, maybe they might. Taylor Black, top of the goal score, Bibi. Yes! Got it! And there's the top! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Female Footy Focus presented to you by Deakin University. The countdown to finals continues. We're only a fortnight away from talking all things finals footy. Deakin University women's competition. Plenty of intriguing results from this past weekend. We'll take a look at all those plus look ahead to this weekend's action. I'm Josh Wood, joined once again by Dylan Smith, who... I have a feeling after a weekend off is feeling pretty refreshed. How are we, Dill? Good, mate. I'm really, really happy to go get into this stuff. I reckon it was a it was a massive week of um, of women's footy this weekend. Really informative group of games. I don't think necessarily for determining who's in the finals or who gets a finals position, but it kind of gave us a bit of an indication of who's the real deal and who's just making up the numbers coming into finals. So I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, looking forward to it too. And we'll start things off with Premier Division and a couple of surprising results. We'll kick things off out at Mount Evelyn Reserve and Vermont Purple. They got back on the winners list for the first time in just under two months. Their last win, May 27th against the Whitehorse Pioneers. They're back on the winners list now and they're back into the top four after knocking over Mount Evelyn in the early kickoff out there. At Mount Evelyn Reserve, 4 5 to 3-5-23. Had to hold on after Mount, after Mount Evelyn came charging in that final quarter. They kicked two goals to one. But a really great performance from Vermont. And this is the kickstarter that they needed, especially heading into a massive, massive final two weeks for them. Yeah, I think this was really that circuit-breaking win that they needed. They had that big slip up against Donvale last week. And... You know, it's huge for them just to go away from home, get that win against Mount Evelyn, who are another team that are, you know, in a similar boat going for that that last or that final finals position. Um, huge that they were able to hold them goalless for the entire first half as well. But I think yeah. there must have been some, I'd say, petrified Vermont supporters um, heading into that last quarter and towards the end because it looks like it got a little bit too close. But huge win and... I mean, to cut a long story short there, I probably think still Vermont will miss the finals because of their their run home, and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But, mm-hmm. yeah, run, running into the Eastern Devils and SBL Wolves in the next two, what are you what are you seeing there, Josh? Oh, it's a big ask. Against SBL Wolves, I, I definitely think they're capable. Against them, 
I think when they were on that losing streak, they they had more scoring shots. They kicked three thirteen on the day, and SBL Wolves kicked a bit straight at five six. So I definitely think they can knock them over if they're a bit of have kick a bit straighter. But yeah, I think this is the momentum that they needed heading into the final fortnight. I I think it probably will be hard. I I think Mount Evelyn won't be too concerned. They're still most likely going to probably finish in that fourth spot, but um, or either them or, or the Whitehorse Pioneers who had a bit of a setback, and we'll touch on that later. But, yeah, I think for Vermont, they're definitely still a chance and will definitely be determined to to build on the momentum they've built out at Mount Evelyn Reserve, just going through the goal kickers as well. Jessica Smith with two and best on ground for Mount Evelyn, all single goal kickers for Vermont, Bianca Clark, Morgan Pay. Abby Cap Rutherford and Lily Hart, who came back into the lineup and best on ground, the second consecutive best on ground, Erin Woodford. She's played recently in the VFLW with Box Hill Hawks, including a final, and she's uh, she's done a terrific job since coming back into the Vermont fold with that VFLW experience. Let's have a look at the Don Valley Eastern Devils white game. The Vales coming off their first win, and unfortunately took on a rampant Eastern Devils side and their dominance continued. 15-10-100, knocking over Donval 3-5-23. 10 goals to two in the first half. Only one goal in the second half for the Vales. But they will be happy. They they all, almost won the final quarter 8-9, to nine, but all unfortunately in a bit of vain. The, the Devils too good and Again, they would have learnt a lot against this really, really strong outfit. Nicole Price and Chloe Hunt with five goals each. Hunt was named best on ground. Shanice Stratton with two goals, whilst for Monica Lat- Donval Monica Latino was their only multiple goal scorer. Not too much else to to say here, but another dominant performance and top spot. It was it was a big uh, a big improvement though for Donvale because last yeah. time they. To the Eastern Devils, they went down by one twenty-eight points. So big improvement, and it kind of shows that those, um, you know, we, we talked about last week. They got the gang back together with Damato and and Van Oosterwijk and those players. So I yeah. think they're they're having a really like promising end to the year, Don Bale. So they'll be happy with that. They are. They're built. They're building towards twenty twenty-four, and I'm sure they'll make an impact, impact no matter what division they're in 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 twenty twenty-four. And then the final result, well. The Whitehorse Pioneers trained. It ended at the SBL Wolves station. They went <laughs> down 10-7-67. SBL Wolves to, and Whitehorse kept to only 2-4-16. It was only 14 points at half time. Mind you, the Pioneers were, were goalless. But SBL Wolves just put the foot to the pedal in the second half. Kicked eight goals one to just two goals straight. Talk about clinical deal. This is a this is a Big statement from the Wolves here. Massive. And, um, you know, talking about Vermont, um, you know, you said they're a bit of a sneaky chance against SBL Wolves, but after, you know, seeing this kind of performance, it's sort of hard to see yeah. a team like Vermont or a Mount Evelyn knocking knocking off the SBL Wolves. But, uh, yeah, I think Whitehorse, they'd have to be fairly disappointed with this result. Like, no go- no goals in the first half blown away in the second half when they were able to concede a couple of goals. I think they conceded eight goals after half time. And you you look at the team sheet and the, 
most of their top liners were in. The one that stands out is maybe Monique Trussler. She didn't play in this game. Mm. We saw her a few weeks ago dominate against Donvale and, you know, kind of shows you how much of a leader she is in that midfield. And they, you know, potentially fell apart a little bit without her. Yeah, possibly. Gabby DeAngelis, after playing the week before, I don't think played here. So that's a... A bit of a loss there too. Obviously, she'd only played the the one game in the season and and kicked the two goals against South Croydon. But maybe that hurt. But um, yeah, I think they'd be a little disappointed. They, I feel like they'd be happy with their first half and kept the Wolves restricted. But uh, yeah, the Wolves are just too good. And I think I think yeah, they're they're steaming towards finals and. Well, depending on results, they possibly just need one more win to, to book a finals spot, whereas you look at Whitehorse, there's still a chance for finals, but a very slim chance just given they have the extra game in hand. Well, Vermont and Mount Evelyn have the extra game in hand. Let's have a look at the Premier Division table and Eastern Devils undefeated on top and Locked in the minor premiership, South Croydon on seven wins, SBL Wolves on five wins in third, Vermont, Mount Evelyn and Whitehorse all on four wins, Vermont the strongest of the three sides in terms of percentage, 103%, Mount Evelyn at 79% and Whitehorse obviously with that extra game on 65% and Domfell at the bottom with just the one win and unfortunately will stay there for the rest of the season, but they are definitely I'll, building. I'll throw one to you quick. I'll, I'll throw one to you quick, Josh. So with that win from, from the SBL Wolves, does can you see them, you know, taking it to a to a Devils or, or a South Croydon? I think so. Against the Devils, I think it was two goals the last time they met. They, they've been close against the Devils and... I think against South Croydon as well, uh, I'm, I'm not... Obviously, on Anzac Day, they, they didn't have the best performance. Uh, it was a big victory for South Croydon. But out of Belgrave South, it was eight points. And obviously, finals will be played at, at Combi Reserve as well. Those were just announced, and we'll, we'll touch on that later before we have a, a look ahead to this weekend's action. But And I think they'll definitely feel like they're capable of matching up with South Croydon and Eastern Devils, but just given how well the the Bulldogs and the Devils have done this season. I think it's hard. The one thing about this ladder, it could potentially come down to the last round, third or fourth spot, even depending on results this weekend. So it's still, it's still very exciting. The draw is so interesting here because you look at um, the the teams in those prime spots like Mount Evelyn, Vermont. It's really Mount Evelyn, Vermont, and the Pioneers going for that fourth spot, right? Yeah. Really so Mount Evelyn come into South Croydon and Vermont come into the Eastern Devils this week. So they go in as underdogs to both of those games, you'd mm. suspect. Yeah. And yeah. then and then in the final, with obviously with Whitehorse with the bye, um, and then in the final round, Whitehorse will take on Mount Evelyn and Vermont will take on the SBL Wolves. So Again, Vermont would probably go into that game as the underdog, and it's you know it could end up coming down to that White Horse Mount Evelyn game, and the winner winner takes all. I think it, I have a feeling it probably will. In fact, that's a that's a massive contest out there at Springfield Park, and that's got an early kickoff. I mean, I want Vermont will consider themselves against SBL Wolves, just given 
how competitive they were against them earlier in the season. But I don't. It's think at home too. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. It's that will hold them in good stead. They're, uh, although their home record recently hasn't been all too flashy. They've lost. I think their last two home ga- games, their last home win came against Donvald. Of course, they faced SBL Wolves on one of their home. Yeah, their, their last home win came back in round five against Donvald. So I, I think, yeah, possibly they're in a bit of that. De- they go in a somewhat underdogs. And, but yeah, I, I think it probably will come down to that White Horse Mount Evelyn game. You're not wrong. It, it makes it even more exciting between the two sides. Let's get stuck into Division 1. And we had a first v third clash out of Batteran Reserve between the Basin and Park Orchards. And well, the Bears made a massive statement out there on their home track, 10-10-70 to 5-2-32. I should say they've made yet another statement, the Bears. This is a massive victory against Park Orchards. And, well, Park Orchards will be a little disappoint- disappointed. They didn't get cl- any closer to the base. And, mind you, they'll be happy with their second half where they, they leveled it up, but... It's just that first half, eight goals to two, they're just absolutely potent from the basin. Yeah, I think I tipped Park Orchards in this game too last mm. week, so not not a, not a great one for me. I was probably looking for the narrative that, you know, one of the teams down the ladder could knock, knock them off. But, um, yeah, massive. And, like, they pretty much had the game won at quarter time, really, if you look yeah. at it, five goals to one. They sort of coasted from there on. Huge statement win. Um and also, Brotto gets her three just to chip it away at that 50 goals as well. So, huge for them uh, in both aspects. She does. She's on 44 goals now. She is moving ever so closer to the 50-goal mark, and she'd be the second player to break the 50-goal barrier this in the home and away season. Obviously, Cecilia Baldessere has already done so. Other goal kickers, Candice Carroll with two, and was named best on ground. Lily Grace Murrell with two, whilst for Park Orchard, Shawsha Livingston. What a star she is. Kicked the three goals. Kristen Bertoldi, best on ground for them. Knox only just knocked over Beaconsfield at Knox Gardens Reserve. 6-7-43 to 4-6-30. They were trailing at halftime by four points. Three goals to four. But the third quarter, they won it in the Premiership quarter deal. Three goals to no score from Beaconsfield. And just too good in the end. Their only multiple goal kicker, Jessica Warren with two. Michaela Egger of the big ruck with best on ground honours. Whilst for Beaconsfield, both multiple goal kickers in Madison Blackburn and Katie Angelis. Blackburn back into the lineup after missing uh, the match of the round against North Ringwood the week before and has now has four goals in her last two games. She was also named in the best, but best on ground was Taryn Johnson, their finals hopes were a bit dented, Knox, though, because North Ringwood won pretty big against against their next-door neighbours in Ringwood out of Quamby Reserve, 9-11-65 to... Well, Games Aid says zero goals, 2-4, but I'm going to stick with zero goals, 4-4. Four, four. It's a big victory for the Saints once again against Ringwood. Ebony Island with four goals. That's now seven goals in her last two games. She's... It's now her turn to, to step up in that forward line, line and has done a terrific job. 
Taylor Dean best on ground and also two for Grace Higgins, whilst for Ringwood, unfortunately, another goalless game. Tiana Johnson best on ground. But it is still a very interesting race for fourth. We're keeping a very close eye on this race for fourth, Dill, but I just feel yeah. like North Ringwood have a slight edge now, just given the results from last weekend. Yeah, I said last week, I think if they beat Ringwood, they've got that that fourth spot locked up. Just with the draw, I think they both, both them and Knox come into two really difficult games coming home that it, it's probably unlikely that they win. I think Knox play Park Orchards in the Basin, so that's going to be really tough. And it, you look back to that game a couple of weeks ago between Knox and North Ringwood, that was probably a, a mini elimination final, really, wasn't it? It really was, yeah. I, I think that's what hurt them them and yeah the like their early season meeting which was also a match of the round was somewhat like a mini elimination final final too early on in the season we had a feeling that that both these sides would be battling it out for that fourth spot it had has been the case but yeah i think that really hurt them just just because their win against north ringwood was just by one point whereas north ringwood won by 25 points which proves to be a bit of a difference and just looking at the run home north ringwood face the basin and park orchards whilst Knox they play under the lights against park orchards this weekend which will be a pretty interesting contest and we'll touch on that later and they also face the basin so two really really tough runs home i think mm. just given those it's probably north ringwood that will be yeah, I, I think I think North Wing, Ringwood, given the form lines, they they've sort of earned it though, haven't they? I mean, yeah. um, Knox obviously had the, the better earlier season form, but Knox, they even that game against Beaconsfield, you know, they um, they had some really down parts in that game. It was sort of a funny one. I think Beaconsfield kicked. I'll just go into the game to double check that, but yeah, Beaconsfield kicked four goals, three in the second quarter. Yeah, I think that was. So they were... Yeah, yeah. So they're having they're having really really down periods in games, and and they're kind of just going. So I, I'd be very surprised now if if North Ringwood didn't get the spot. Yeah, but they will be happy that it knocks. They kept them to just three behinds in the second half and and scoreless for two quarters. But yeah, I think it, it's hard for me to see them doing that. And Baronia Brown, a massive victory. Just one final one. The, a big victory against Turnside Park, 16-15-111 to just the four behinds. And those four behinds for Turnside Park came in the final quarter, much like Don Val. They, they put up a good effort in that final quarter, but again, all in vain. The, the Hawks, too good on the day. Steph Phillips with Four goals. Amanda Davidson with three. Delta Greenhog with two. Alongside Ali got Leapson, who was also best on ground for the Hawks, whilst for Churnside Park, Lisa Sanders best on ground. Let's take another brief look at the Division One ladder on top of the basin with eleven wins. Baronia on in second with ten. Park Orchards still on nine wins in third. North Ringwood and Knox in with seven wins apiece. Of course, North Ringwood twenty six percent ahead of Knox, one hundred forty nine percent to one hundred twenty three percent. There, Beaconsfield in sixth with three wins. Ringwood in seventh with just the one win. And Churnside Park still winless at the bottom of the table. Let's take a quick, quick look at Division Two, and 
the top two stamp their authority this week. Candice Ringwood again, another dominant victory this time against East Burwood. 13 17, 95 to 1, 3 and 9 out there at East Ringwood Reserve. Uh, Tegan Hudson with three, Haley Thompson and Cardia Giannetti also with three. Candace Taylor, best on ground was for East Burwood. Well, Cecilia Baldestair still got on the score sheet and second place, Surrey Park Panthers. I went and watched the first half of this deal out at HE Parker Reserve. They were too good against Heathmont. Kept them to just one behind on the day and they kicked 7-14-56 and I'll add that one behind. I think it came in the first five or ten minutes of the contest. So their defense at its best yet again from the Panthers. Taylor Morton came back into the lineup with three goals. Emily coming with another two now and she's now the leading goal kicker for the Panthers. Having been swung up forward in recent weeks and... Kicked plenty of bags. We also named in the best Alex Leather, best on ground for the Panthers. They just continue on their form in the Deakin University women's match of the round out at Montrose Recreation Reserve. Montrose up against Croydon North Emlock, and well, it was a very interesting contest at three quarter time. Croydon North Emlock were down by just nine points. They kept they kicked two goals in the third quarter to just the one behind Montrose. It kept them to just one goal in the first half, but then were able to run over the top of them in the final quarter. 8-5-53 to Croydon North, Mlock 4-3-27. Bell Gavin, Grace Rogers with two goals east. Best on ground, Tiana Whitnish. And for Croydon North, Mlock all single goal kickers, Natalie Laurie, Brittany Gretsch, and Jamie Nyberg. Cassandra Tucker, best on ground. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to to watch it just because I was out at Tormore Reserve. And as I said, H.A. Parker Reserve on on Saturday morning and and on Saturday. But from the looks of things, it looked like a really good contest. And Croydon North Emlock, they will be really happy with the the fight that they put up against the the Demons who, well, have now won three of their last four deal. Yeah, absolutely. Great performance by them. You know, didn't kick a goal in the first quarter and then to, you know, get within nine points coming into the the last break. It obviously got away a little bit in the end, but Montrose are in are in really great form. And it, it makes me wonder with Croydon North, can they be a bit of a um, a giant killer in this last couple of games and, and shape that, perhaps not shape that finals race because it's probably already already locked up, but, you know, could they beat, I think they play a Waverly Blues on the run home. Could they get a big scalp there? Oh, well, they play, for Montrose, they play Waverly Blues this coming weekend. Croydon North have Heathmont I think and they, Eastwood. I think Croydon North, oh, yeah, yeah sorry, you're yeah. right. I thought I thought Croydon North played, um, played Waverly Blues in the last round, but. Um, you know, maybe they could get an East Burwood in the last round. They could. They definitely can. They have the potential to to shape that finals. But, yeah, they're definitely building sh- something. And I want to give a bit of a shout-out to their social media as well. They uh, they really promoted the, the, the match of the round, particularly on their Instagram. They, they were very excited, as were Montrose as well. And uh, it, it was great to see them up and about. And great to have the opportunity for, for Blake Tennant and, and Paul Yukone to be able to to see those two battle it out in what was a, a very good contest in the end and then the final result in Division 2. While the Waverley Blues, 
They got back on the winners list still, but had to work for it against Blackburn. Seven six forty eight. They kicked Blackburn five eleven forty one. They came charging home in that final quarter with three goals to just the one. But Bit of inaccurate kicking, particularly in the first half. Just seven behinds whilst the Waverly Blues kicked 4-3 themselves. So the Blues won it in the first half, but Blackburn, they're not going to be too disheartened by this performance. This was a, a really good effort against the, a finals-bound Waverly Blues outfit, Dill. Yeah, absolutely. They had a good crack at them, didn't they, Blackburn? But um, like you said, probably just lost it in the first quarter. And then really after that, they they owned the game really didn't they so yeah. again do we do we look at this as another example of the Waverly Blues fading a bit what do we expect from them now coming home I think they have faded a little bit but maybe they're they're just gearing up for finals I think they'll they'll want to hit form I'm not too sure on who they're missing it they've still obviously got the likes of Felicity Nelligan Abby Russell Elise Hall who kicked three and was named best on ground on the park and plenty of talent there but I just, I, I think it's yeah they they're st- just starting to get ready and yeah I think they'll want to peak at the right time though and they'll want to hit some form this weekend against a, a Montrose side they lost to recently and there were other goal kickers too Madeline Flood with two Sarah Morley with two let's have a look at the second division ladder East Ringwood undefeated. On top, minor premiership locked in for them. Surrey Park and Waverley Blues on nine wins apiece. Surrey Park, two hundred just under 268%. Waverley Blues, 148%. So a bit of a percentage differential there. East Burwood in fourth with seven wins. Montrose in fifth with five wins. Still a very small chance for finals, but given the respective run homes for both sides, it, it, it both them and... And East Burwood, it'll be a bit hard. Yeah, Josh, do. that's that's what I was thinking in my head. So um, with the form, if, if Croydon North are maybe hitting some form and they could knock off East Burwood in that last game, could that open the door for Montrose? Maybe. Montrose do face Waverly Blues, and we'll touch on it later. They'll, they'll be pretty confident of getting up. And in that final game too, they face Heathmont. So Heathmont, yep. If, if results go their way, they're... Definitely a chance, but it'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see if they can make finals. It's it's a bit of an ask, though. Unfortunately, I think just I think Eastbourne. I feel like they'll be a little too good for for Corey North Emlock. Who knows? But yeah. I I definitely think the door is still slightly ajar for the Demons. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not tipping it. I'm definitely not tipping it. I'm just, uh, just out there. <laughs> nah, fair enough. We always like to to get all st- all topics out there and make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, Blackburn, unfortunately, the draw is shut on them for finals. Two and a half games now behind Eastbourne on four wins. Cornell Demlock with one win, and Heathmont still unfortunately winless. Turning our attention to Division 3 and now a couple of big results from the weekend. Let's start off at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve. SBL Wolves Teal uh, sealing up the top four. It was, uh, it was still mathematically a chance, the Basin, but not anymore, unfortunately. SBL Wolves getting the job done 6-15, straight, uh, 18 in the early kickoff out there at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve. Uh, Two goals each 
Ayla Cosgrove and Hayley Evans. Brooke Watson, best on ground for the Wolves. Bridget Golke with two goals for the Basin. Kate O'Neill with the best on ground. Honours, Vermont Gold knocking over, knocked over, I beg your pardon, by South Croydon. A red out at Vermont Recreation Reserve. Unfortunately, scoreless the Eagles. South Croydon, 11 18 for the Eagles. Linda DeVincentis, best on ground. South Croydon, Daniel Zinyu with four goals. Brenda Lay with another three goals and a best on ground. So the Bulldogs back onto the winner's list, but the big game at Pink's Reserve, top of the table clash. We were very, very excited by this. And, well, Kilsyth, they put Eastern Devils to the sword and made a massive statement on their home track. 8-8-56 to Eastern Devils. 2-2-14. Just one behind in the first half for the Devils. They kicked two goals after that, but Dill, I don't know about you. This is this is almost as big a statement as you can get. It's this is a very dominant performance against a really talented Eastern Devils outfit. Division three Alpha Dogs, Killside. <laughs> they have take, taken the mantle, like they're the number one now. And that's two losses in four games for the Eastern Devils, I think. It is. Yeah, that's so, that is correct. That's massive. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you what you'd put that down to, whether it's um, you know, they've had a few players out, whether they're lacking a little bit of motivation after the, you know, the start that they had. But I think they definitely are struggling a little bit in recent weeks, whether it's, you know, they're gonna correct that come finals time. I don't know, but this is Definitely concerning for them as, you know, I, I had them lightly penciled in as the, um, you know, the team to beat in this league. And, and now Killsyth have really put down a marker and they're going to have to step up to the plate. They really are. They, they're going to need to improve when they most likely meet in finals. It's, um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure either, but um, it's still very, very surprising as to why, why they're somewhat dropped off. It It, it, it is... Just because, yeah, they, they dominated and had obviously dominated back in 2022, making the grand final that year. But, yeah, I, I still held it. I still thought Killsyth were the best side. Though. I felt like even though they lost a few players, they were still a Division Two side. They might have struggled there, but I still think they'd be right up there. But, yeah, and I, I think they enjoy playing out of Pink's Reserve and they continued to, and just continued to... To make it a fortress out there, two goals each as well for Shay Dale and Shannon Lenny. Best on ground, Darcy Into also kicked the goal. Eastern Devils, Cara Jeffers and Kelsey Reed, the only goal kickers, Simone Renee Notman, best on ground. But just looking at that lineup, it it is still a reasonably strong lineup, I, I reckon. There's- it's a good team. It's, it's a good team. And... Um, I wanted to ask you, because you're, you're more familiar with Killsyth than I am, you know, what are their weapons that are hurting the Eastern Devils? Because I know you talked about last week the um, the forward line of Kilsyth being really strong. And when I watched the Eastern Devils, they they had really, really quick, um, good ball movement off the half-back line, but they didn't really have any bigger defenders to take, you know, the, the key forwards. Yeah, possibly that. I'm somewhat unfamiliar with Kilsyth. I've watched a bit of them, and I do think there's... 
I feel like there'd be a few more bigger bodies and more experienced bodies. Obviously, the Devils have plenty of experience, but not as much as Kelsyth just given they've played in a higher division for two two seasons. And I think, yeah, that that might prove to be the difference come finals time against other sides. Let's have a look at the ladder, which is briefly into third division before we get stuck into division four, Kilsyth on top with eight wins. Now a game clear of the Eastern Devils who are still on seven wins. South Croydon in third with five SBL Wolves in fourth with four wins. The Basin and Vermont still on one win apiece. Basin a stronger percentage. Now a question for you, Dill. Obviously Kilsyth in first, Devils in second, South Croydon in third, SBL Wolves in fourth. Do you see either any side moving ladder positions? Do you see the, the ladder staying the same as it is for heading into finals? I think the ladder stays the same. It's more about um, who I think are genuine contenders and how you break that up. I, in my head, I was breaking it up before this weekend's games, I was breaking it up as Kilsyth and the Eastern Devils out on top. And then you sort of had South Croydon and SBL in the next bracket. And then you had the Basin and Vermont sort of in that lower bracket. Now I'm looking at it and it feels like Kilsyth have put a little bit of a gap between the rest and Eastern Devils have sort of fallen back into that two, three, four bracket. I think they'll, they will get the double chance, the Eastern Devils, but I think they're vulnerable now to the, um, the other two. Yeah, I definitely think so. And South Croydon obviously pro- proved that in the match of the round a couple of weeks ago, which, as you mentioned, you were out at. And I think SBL Wolves, they, they challenged them a couple of weeks ago, and I think they'll definitely yeah. prove to challenge. They'll need to define their best form soon, the Devils, and I think they are definitely capable of doing so. They're a great program and uh, are going to be, I reckon, are going to be a genuine ch- chance to to knock over kill site if they are at their best. Let's have a look at fourth division now. And again, another match that we were really excited about. Second versus third. Moolbark against Coldstream at Heights Reserve. And while the Mustangs, like Killsyth, they put the Eastern Devils to the sword. Their stellar run of form continued. 8-8-56, knocking over Coldstream 2-4-16. They've now won the... They've, Still only lost one game this season. Their last month, their last four games, they've won by an average of 55 points. And in that run, they've only conceded two goals still. Talk about being as hot as the sun. The the Mustangs, much like Kilsyth, are in red-hot form in fourth division. Yeah, this one surprised me massively because I remember we were talking about this little teeing it up as this huge game last week. And they've just come out and smothered Coldstream. Again, it's another one of those games where you're looking through the the quarter by quarter and it was a bit of a dogfight early. Coldstream weren't even able to get on the board in the first quarter. And then when they did, the game obviously opened up a little bit and Muralbach just put them to the sword. And as you said, 40-point winners in the end and they're going to be super confident coming into a, a final series again. Oh, they definitely are. They're peaking at the right t- time. You you want to be peaking at this time of year, and they are definitely doing so, uh, Moorbark. And a shout-out as well to Lauren Howell, who played, a, a, I think, a 50th Moorbark game on the weekend. So a, a big congratulations to her. And 
So, I, know, I know we're talking about these teams like uh, the Eastern Devils and Waverly Blues yeah. who are sort of dropping a little bit of form, but I'd much rather be in a Moorlbach situation where you're, you know, you started slower and you're starting to build towards that period. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I, it's been the blueprint for them all year. I, I think they're, they've done really well and they're definitely going to, I think they're like Baronia as well. Obviously, they they slowly built uh, Baronia Brown. That is, they slowly built and built form and the start of the season. And obviously, they really hit some form in the middle part of the season and are just looking dominant. Even though they may finish second, they definitely are capable. Yeah, it's just for it's a it's a good comparison because they both they're both shaping in their um, in their divisions. They're both shaping as that team that probably looks the best, even though they're not going to take that top spot. Yeah, definitely and. We'll touch on who's who most likely may finish in top spot, but the battle for fourth it it continues to heat up. Not awarding four ten thirty four to Fair Park four four twenty eight. They kept their finals hopes alive to the Lions of not awarding. Unfortunately, just given how close it was, they didn't jump into the top four. There's still a bit of a percentage differential between them and Fair Park. But if they had lost this, not awarding their season would have pretty much been done. They would have been two games and a bit of percentage behind Fair Park. They've gotten the job done here uh, and came from one point down to three-quarter time. This is definitely a really good, a real finals-like contest between the two lines. Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't know which way this is going to go because there's not a huge gap in the percentage either. And you look to the, um, the future fixtures, so they've both got a really tough game coming up. Fair Park run into Moralbark, who we've just mm-hmm. talked about as, you know, possibly being the benchmark. Nana Wadding run into Mitchum, who are, you know, on paper, they are the benchmark. And then you flip over to the next game and they've both got really winnable games in the last game. So they're probably both going to go one and one in the run home. And it's it could come down to percentage. I think, yeah, Fair Park's percentage is obviously stronger. Nana Wadding, I feel like... They could possibly get more percentage against Baronia goal. No disrespect to them, I think. Yeah. I think they could. Fair Park could as well, but maybe just a little bit more, and that could prove to be the difference. But I think it probably will come down to percentage, although I'll touch on it a bit later. Nana Wadding will be pretty confident against Mitchum heading into this weekend. Just going through the goal kickers briefly. And best, Alana Morby, two goals, and best on ground, Brighty. Oakman, Fair Park, Sarah Berthesil with another two goals. Megan Little with best on ground honours for them. Speaking of Mitchum, they got given an almighty scare out at Walker Park against a one-turner south side. That's still winless still. After all this time, oh. they're still winless. And this time they lost by two points against Mitchum. Two eight twenty, the Tigers kicked. I'm turning this out. Talk about accuracy. Those straight 18. They're so close still. They're so close. I feel like we're talking about it now and it's we're sort of patronizing them. It feels like we're patronizing them, but I they're genuinely a good side. And I I, I don't know. I, I thought they'd be no chance in this game. You go over and check and it's two points. And it's it's a story of their season. They've they've been able to be competitive against everyone they've yeah. played. And uh yeah, I couldn't have any more good things to say about them really. And again, like they're in this game the entire day and they've just probably got gotten a bit unlucky. They they're probably at the point where they've lost so many games that they don't know how to to win one. And um I 
I don't want to jinx them, but I think like next week against Baronia, they've they've got to win that game. They have to. It's their opportunity for Baronia. It's also an opportunity too. But just given the form of both sides, you, you would think one turn of South would get the win. I hate to jinx them too. I really would hate to jinx them, but yeah, it's they're just so agonizingly close it does feel like we're patronizing them but they really are their their biggest loss was only 40 points at the hands of Coldstream the week before so I just think they're gonna find a I hope they get a win just they deserve a win they've out of the new sides obviously Warren died have now won I think one or two games one or one game and that game, or two games now. That game, the second game they won was against Baroni Gold. We'll touch on that mm. now. 11 9 75, knocking over the Hawks, 4 4 28. Seven goals to zip in the first half. So a dominant first half performance from the Bloods. But positives for Baronia. They, I think they won, almost won the second half in the end. But uh, the Bloods, two good, four goals to Grace Lloyd, two to Madison. Truella, Truella and Meg Callow as well. Natalie McDonald best on a ground. Simone Stubbly with two for Baronia Gold. But, and Chloe Timms with best on ground. But, yeah, I think just given the respective forms and the score lines from this past Saturday, they yeah they they, they have to go in as favourites despite being lower than yep. Baronia one turn to south. Yeah, they're... They'll definitely go in as favourites and and playing at home as well, which will help them. Yeah. You look at the two the, the run ins and and want. I guess the only thing that you could say in negative to one turn of South, they haven't been able to put huge scores on the board, so mm. that Bronia are probably going to be in the game. And like you look at Bronia's last game against Warrandyte, they kicked four goals four, which, um, you know, in some games that could actually get the job done against one turn of South on, on their scoring power. So yeah. um, I think it'll be a close game, but I, I, I'm sure that one turn of South will be able to will themselves to get that first win of the season. They'll want it so badly and they'll be, they'll have been waiting for this game in, in some respects. So um, the thing that I want to pivot onto here though, as well on that top four race with uh, Fair Park and Nutter Wadding, they both come up against uh, the two top sides this week. Who's more vulnerable uh, of those two top sides against Nunawading and Fair Park? I almost see Mitchum as maybe being more, the more beatable one yeah. for, for Nunawading. Yeah, I think so. And I'll just touch on, touch on it now. They did beat them in grading this season, in in th- Division 3-4 mm. grading this season, did Nunawading, and that was out at Walker Park to, at Walker Park too. So... They'll be confident that that was the first game of the season and they knocked them over in grading. So, obviously, they've been on different trajectories since then. But I think, yeah, Mitchum are slightly more vulnerable. Fair Park, I think at home they'd consider themselves a chance. But given how rampant Moorbark have been, it, it, it's hard to see them getting the job done. Let's take let's let's just briefly, we'll, we'll take a pause and, and have a look at the fixture, have a look at the fixtures shortly just because... Just briefly, an announcement, of course, the, the senior finals venues were released. We'll just briefly touch on that. That And, again, the same venues will be hosting it this year from last year. Sylvan Recreation Reserve for three semi-finals. And Quamby Reserve and H.A. Parker will host semi-finals, preliminary finals, and grand finals as well for Premier Division. All their finals played at Quamby Reserve, Division 1. 
one semi-final at HE Parker, the prelim, and the grand final, a semi-final at Sylvan Recreation Reserve Division 2. All their finals will be held at HE Parker Reserve. Division 3, the semi-final being held at, a uh, semi-final held at Sylvan and another at Quamby Reserve in the prelim and grand final. Also at Quamby for Division 4, there's also a semi-final at Sylvan. The rest of the finals are taking place out at HE Parker Reserve. So it's great to see the Heathmont Football Netball Club, uh, the North Ringwood, North Ringwood and Football Club and Sylvan Football Netball Club as well, getting the opportunity to to host finals this season once again they did a terrific job last year and they'll continue to do so and of course all the grand finals will all all the grand finals they'll be absolute spectacles this year so we're i'm very much looking forward to seeing how all those fans out and how all the the venues go as well they'll they'll do another great job but now let's have a look ahead as always kick things off with fourth division and alongside third division there into round 10 all div four games kick off this weekend at 10 40 at cold stream reserve the cougars host the bloods uh i think you gotta back the the cougars here dill yeah gotta go with cold stream at home fair park moorbark at fair park reserve this is a massive ask for fair park to bounce back i think they're a really tough challenge at home but the form the mustangs are in it's hard to back against them yeah, it's, you know, Fair Park are going to have a lot to play for in this game. And and like you said, at home, that's they've got to be a consideration here. And I'm sure in, in somewhere along the run home, Moral Bark, you know, there's a banana skin waiting for them there somewhere. I, I do think Nana Wadding are the more likely to pull that upset. But whichever of those two games, I don't want to skip ahead again here, but whichever of those two games, if one of those teams can pull an upset, that's probably their finals position locked up. So... Ah, oh, I'll I'll still I'll stay with Moral Bark just because of the form. Yeah, and let's touch on Nutterwadding and Mitchum. I, it's hard to go past this contest. It's a local rivalry too, not too far apart of one another. And Nutterwadding will definitely get up for this, and we'll be confident knowing they won earlier in the season against Mitchum. Yeah. I'm still so many so many juicy fixtures. There is. I'll ask for you tip first. Are you are you going to back Nada Wadding or still Mitchum? I'm going to go Nada Wadding. Ooh, good call. We always back love him a, in. We always love a bit of a roughie. Uh, I like that call. I'll I'll, I'll still be different. I, I still think Mitchum a good side spider away to win, and I think they'll do so here. And then finally. I'm turning south, Baronia Gold. I, I think we've pretty much already given our tips for this <laughs> contest. Yeah. We're both going with the Devils. Yep. Yep. Lock it in. Let's move on to third division then. And we'll, we'll t- obviously touch on the Eastern Devils a little later on. And Vermont Gold up against SBL Wolves. The early kickoff out there, Vermont Recreation Reserve at 8.50. Yeah, SBL Wolves. I think we'll get the job done here. Yeah, correct. I can't see that going any other way. The Basin up against Eastern Devils. Devils to respond for me, Dill? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, they, I know I, I, I discussed how they are in some, some weaker form. I think they'll still be too good for the Basin. Yeah, and then finally, Kilsyth and South Croydon out at Pink's Reserve. I think South Croydon are a bit of a shout here, but again, you can't not tip against Killsite. 
first of two consecutive meetings with South Croydon. So they'll want to get the job done here. South Croydon are definitely capable against Kilsyth. Hard for me to see them doing so. I'd love to see the ins and outs for this game. I think if, you know, South Croydon are um, running with uh, Daniel Zenyu and Brenda Lay and some of those big names at the top end, I think that will be very dangerous in this game. So I'm going to go with South Croydon, assuming that they're going to play. And then if I get it wrong, I can look at the team list and say, oh, yeah, that player didn't play and get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting contest out there at Pink's Reserve getting stuck into Division 2. And while Dill will kick things off with what is the Deakin Uni Women's Match of the Round, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm just a little bit pumped. It's out of East Burwood Reserve. It's a top four battle between East Burwood and Surrey Park. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one, Dill. I'm looking yeah, this forward is awesome. to this. This is going to be a really good contest as well, I reckon. I'm looking forward to seeing East Burwood. It'll be my first time since the Division Three Grand Final, and I really enjoyed watching them that day. Surrey Park, Surrey Park is. I saw them obviously last Saturday and. Being able to see them live, I'm really excited about seeing them again and seeing these two sides battle it out. Let's go for our tips. I'll still always back my pan- the Panthers still. What about yourself? Yeah, um, oh, it's hard to go against Surrey Park. I'd, I'd like to be contrarian there, but I am, yeah, same with me. Really looking forward to um, especially watching uh, Baldessari play, who we've heard so much about this year. She's had a fantastic season. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Surrey Park, I, I've still got to tip them. Um, they've been really strong in this back half of the year and they'll just be a bit too good, I think, in other areas. But yeah, can't wait for the game. Yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, and of course, if you want to tune into the contest, pre-coverage will kick off at 10.30 and it'll be live streamed on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Let's get stuck into other Division 2 games. Uh, a battle of the two bottom sides, Heathmont and Croydon North Emlock out at HA Parker. Both will be excited for this contest. A good opportunity for Heathmont to get their first win of the season, for Croydon North to build on a promising performance and get their second win of the season. I'm backing in the Kangarams. I think they're showing a bit more promise, and I think they'll just get up here. Yeah, Um uh, for Heathmont, I like the fact that they'll have that carrot there to try to get that first win mm. of the season. But like we spoke about before, you know, and again, Croydon North looking at, you know, what they did last year, making the Division Three Grand Final, again, well-credentialed side that, you know, knows how to win games. So I think they're too good for Heathmont and mm. still expecting, you know, maybe they could cause some damage on this run home. So, yeah, I'll go for them. Possibly, and... Yeah, they. I think they definitely can cause some damage, maybe against East Spell, but I think they should get the job done mm. here. But if Heathmont do win, they'll jump Corey North Emlock into se- into second last, so that will give them a great amount of confidence. They've got a, a slightly superior percentage. Speaking of a superior percentage, East Wingwood take on Blackburn. They travel out to Morton Park. Uh, can't not tip against the Roos, I reckon, Dill. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll. Uh... Lock that in. <laughs> and then finally, a 12.30 kickoff out at Mount Waverley Reserve. Waverley Blues taking on Montrose out there now. Of course, 
Montrose got the job done against Waverly Blues not that long ago, and we'll be confident of doing so here. Oh, I think it's my time to go bold. I think, unfortunately, Blake <laughs> Tennant has turned me. I'm going Montrose here. Go oh, Montrose, yeah. No, it's it's a fair shout, and they they did beat the Waverly Blues a few weeks ago, didn't they? They did. That was out at Montrose Recreation Reserve. Yeah. I think they're every chance, and given there's still a chance for finals, I think they'll get up for this contest. I've I've still got the the nagging feeling that the Waverly Blues can turn this around, but mm-hmm. it's definitely been like a concerning two weeks dropping those two games to Blackburn and Montrose, and then obviously at the weekend they had a who did they play at the weekend? Uh Blackburn and uh, and oh Blackburn was at the weekend. Yeah, Blackburn, yeah, yeah. seven points they won by. So, um, Yeah, but over that three-week period, yeah. if you include the Blackburn game that they won, it's um, definitely been a there's, a... there's a pattern there of a form drop-off. So a little worried, but I will ba- I'll back them to bounce back against Montrose and, you know, hit some form coming into the finals. And, and then hopefully, you know, they can be really successful. I'm sure they will be. And I think they'll look to, to hit their best form. Every side will want to be hitting their best form come come finals time, and I'm sure the Waverley Blues do because at their best, they're they're capable of knocking over Surrey Park, and yep. I think they they can definitely be a threat into first division. We've got a Thursday night game happening out at Knox Gardens Reserves. Now it's Park Orchard's home game, but I'm going to flip it around since it's out at Knox. It's Knox against Park Orchards. This is a massive game for the Falcons, a chance to. Prove themselves once again against a, a really top outfit in the Sharks, but I think they'll be too good. They would have they'll want to build on their second half against the Basin, and I think they should get the job done here. Deal the Sharks. Yep, yeah, Park Orchards for me. Obviously, Knox have a lot to play for. They're going for that fourth spot, and um, you know, but that's probably the game that they have to win if they want to make it. But yeah, I think Park Orchards would be too good. Yeah, and. Just if you're around the area as well, around the Knox area, I think it's looking not too bad that the Thursday weather as well, I'll, I'll add. That may change. That may change. But if you're around the Knox area and want to, be, want to watch a bit of First Division night footy, get on down there and, and watch it. it. It's going to be a really good contest between these two talented and, and top sides in Division 1, Beaconsfield, Turnside park the rest of these games are obviously on saturday and that kicks off at 10 40 at home park reserve uh, peaky for me dill yeah they, they've been really good over the last couple of weeks without mm. getting a win beacons field but um hopefully if they play more than just the second quarter in this game they'll get the job done i'm sure they will oh, i think they'll definitely be capable but, but turnside park i think will want to given obviously Beaconsfield's struggles this season they'll be Pretty competitive for, for patches, but I think yep. the Eagles will be too good. North Ringwood and the Basin out at Quamby Reserve. It's hard to get back against the Saints. I think the Basin get the job done here. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get, you got to go with them. Again, it's in that similar mold to the Knox game mm. where it's you've got a team that's going to be really hungry playing against you, and that's, that's always going to be tough. But I think it's a good... Um, it's a good challenge for the base and coming it up against a really hungry side that's trying to make finals and give them a bit of a um, dress rehearsal for the finals. It but, will but be. the base, 
the Basin will win. Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity to see where they're at. Much like Knox, it's a good opportunity to see where they're at and what they need to improve, not just for this season, but for next season as well. Ringwood up against Baronia Brown at Jubilee Park. That is a another twilight game out there for the Redbacks and Baronia as well. I think they'll be too good. The Hawks get the job done here. Yeah. Yep. Yes, agree. And let's get stuck into Premier Division. It's the White Horse Pioneers that have the bye this weekend. The side that they'll one of the sides there battling it out for a fourth spot alongside Mount Evelyn. Trail to Cheong Park to face South Croydon. An early kickoff out there, eight fifty. Uh, I'm back in, in the Bulldogs. They'll be fresh. They would have had a bit of time to to obviously think about their last game against White Horse, but I think. They'll be fresh, raring to go, and should get the job done. And Mount Evelyn, who knows? I'm not too sure on how far it is to, to Cheong Park, but and obviously they'd be used to the early kickoffs. But I think it, it's still going to be a bit of an ask. And I, I think yeah, South Croydon will get the job done. That is going to be a cold morning. Oh, <laughs> at Cheong Park, that's yeah, yeah I mean, that's rough. I mean, Mount Evelyn probably used to it by now they, they obviously most of their home games kick off at 9 30 and up the mountain yeah, it can get pretty true. chilly so maybe it'll suit them but i think mm. yeah you, you've still got to tip you got to back in south croydon there and like that'll set up that really really exciting final game with whitehorse for mount evelyn so looking forward to that not to jump too far ahead but yeah i think i think the bulldogs will win yeah, they, they play really exciting matchups, though. I think most of the time they're, they're usually single digits in since Mount Evelyn have come back to the or come to the EFNL in, in 2022. They're, they're, it's going to be another close contest. It was four points last time out. So I think given it's a similar time slot, I think it'll be pretty much the same. SBL Wolves against Donval. The Wolves will be a bit wary, but off the back of a terrific win, they're, they're building form. I think they'll be too good, but Donval, they'll be very, very competitive once again, and w- the Wolves will have to be a bit careful, Dill. Yeah, it's it's it is a, a banana skin game against Donval now. Mm. They've they've hit some form, and and they're going to trouble some teams coming home, especially if you underestimate them. But I think what we saw from SBL Wolves is that they're you know they're really keen to take that third position and and you know lock away the finals place and, and gain some dominance over that fourth team so i think they'll get the job done but um not taking anything away from donvale because they've been really impressive lately they have been and like i said they'll want to cause a couple of scalps and or they'll want to get a couple of scalps and maybe shape the finals much like a couple of the other sides in in lower divisions and then finally eastern devils wide up against vermont purple out at mulgrave reserve yeah i i think the Devils, this is their final home and away game for the season before they, I think they, it, it's all confirmed that they'll face South Croydon in an limit or most likely face South Croydon in a in a second semi-final. I think, yeah, they'll want to head into their bye and into finals with plenty of momentum. They should get the job done here on their home track too. Yeah, and after going 11 from 11 so far in the season, they'll be chasing that invincible run I, I imagine so can't see them slipping up here to vermont who are you know they're definitely a good side as well vermont but i think the devils will win and like i said for the 
um, Mount Evelyn game, it'll it'll set up that yeah. final round really it'll nicely. Set, it'll set up a, a very very exciting final round indeed. If results. Guys, we, we've tipped it. I'm really looking forward to this final round and this final fortnight in general. It's uh, it's all building up to finals. It's very exciting. And unfortunately, though, that is another edition of Female Footy Focus running done. Dylan, it's a pleasure being able to do this alongside you and and uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to, to seeing you back behind the microphone this weekend as well. Can't wait for the game this week. And yeah, it was awesome to chat. A really interesting round that we just had there. And we've got so much to look forward to. And, you know, after this week, with all those games that we just went through, there's some blockbusters there. So we're going to have so much more information after next week and can't wait to get stuck into it next week. And hopefully, and yeah, I'm sure we will. And hopefully a couple more blockbusters towards the end of the season in the final round of the regular season, which we'll be looking forward to discussing in next week's edition of female footy focus and don't forget if you want to keep up to date on the latest editions of female footy focus as well as other afnl pods such as the weekend forecast and the weekend recovery hit the subscribe button on the afnl podcast presents page which is on spotify and on apple podcast and once again just repeat, repeating the deacon university women's match of the round between east bird and surrey park don't forget to tune in from 10.30 on Facebook and YouTube live streaming is there. Top four Division 2 contest. For now, though, I've been Josh Ward. That's been Dylan Smith. And we thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Female Footy Focus. We'll see you next week.